Pursue your purpose, speak your truth, deal with adult bullies, cope with failure, live beyond fear, establish values, set boundaries, move past trauma. These are all the themes in my Amazon bestseller, The Smart Girls Handbook. Tribers, get in close. For 15 years, I have been searching for a book that didn't exist. So I am thrilled to share that I decided to write it. The Smart Girls Handbook is available to buy now from wherever you get your books and also in Canada, the United States of America, New Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked for and girl have you been begging me for a book for years. Who is it for you? The reviews are outstanding, the press has been phenomenal and I am overwhelmed by the amazing support it has had already. This isn't my book but our book. I realised after my talks around the world women would be queuing for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away but to have a tangible source to have forever and this is it. This is refreshing never before read content that will inspire, motivate, empower, inform and entertain you. It's full of my personal development tips that have got me living as my most authentic and highest self, literally glowing from within. My most vulnerable moments and hilarious stories that will resonate with you. The Smart Girls Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. So grab your copy today, tag me on Instagram at smartgirltribe and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. So many of us have lost loved ones as a result of the pandemic, which is why I wanted to call in a grief expert, somebody who had gone through it. So I invited Gemma James Bannister to talk on the podcast today about losing her husband and how she used personal development techniques to move forward and to cope with her trauma and loss. Hi Gemma, welcome to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. It's great to have you. Let's dive into everything grief. Being an expert, would you like to introduce yourself and also answer the question, how would you define grief? Yeah, Um, thank you so much for having me. I've been really excited to come on and talk about this because I just don't think there's ever been a more relevant time to kind of talk about grief as there with everything that's happened with COVID over the last year. Um, There's just been so many lives turned upside down. Um, So I think it's just a really relevant topic. Um, For me, I think in my mind, I would define grief as the emotional process that we go through when we lose someone incredibly important to us or something it doesn't necessarily need to be a person just something that's held you know an incredibly important part of our lives and that process of adjustment that we have to go to when they're no longer there um for me it's been a journey over the last three years um I quite unexpectedly lost my husband in 2017 um and I get well with it basically within the th- space of about three months I'd lost my husband um lost my job and our home as well had to leave um, and move somewhere else so it was just an incredibly um confusing time and I guess a period of grief for every you know everything my entire life and identity um yeah so which is why it's something I I think it's so important to talk about because at the time I struggled so much to find any resources especially being my age at that point I was only in my late 20s so yeah it's been um, been quite a journey 
Well, I can firmly say thank you so much on behalf of the entire Smart Girl Tribe community for coming here today, for sharing your story. I can say on behalf of all of us, we're all so sorry to hear about the loss, grief and trauma that you had to endure. Could you just explain what happens to our mind when we experience grief? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, a, a therapist or a medical expert, so I can, you know, explain in, in any kind of medical terms. I just know for me, it was just this intense shock um, and this just, you know, feeling of what the hell do I do now? Like, who am I? Um, and just a, a complete sense of, I guess, I felt at one point like, you know, the world is just very big and I'm very small and I don't know what my place is right now um, and I'd never don't get me wrong I'd never placed my entire identity on being you know someone's wife or you know this job title but when everything all of those things disappear at once um it's it's extremely confusing <laughs> and yeah for me I think my my mind was definitely all over the place yeah I can imagine and does our mind react differently to when we lose someone once they have passed and maybe when a relationship falls apart or is it the same um I mean for me I've only experienced one of those things my husband was my only well my first proper serious relationship so I've never I can't really compare um I think the but the two things are both definitely a grieving process we're both um in, in both instances we're losing you know, a massive part of our lives and ourselves and having to adjust to huge changes. So I imagine there's definitely a lot of similarities there in terms of, you know, how our brain sees things and the coping mechanisms. What would you say to anyone experiencing grief who doesn't at all believe that personal development can help? Um, I think... At the end of the day, all I can do is share my story and what's worked for me and, and the things I'm doing now to try and help other people. It's just based completely on my own experience. But at the end of the day, grief and trauma just affects people so differently. Everyone's minds work differently. Um, so I think I just ask people to stay open um, and not judge what works for someone else because you know, everyone's just trying to do their best. No one, when they experience grief or go through a trauma, is given this, you know, list of instructions of how to deal with it. We're all just kind of making it up as we go and, and trying to cope and see what works for us. So I'd say just stay open-minded and, you know, just, uh, yeah, everyone's just trying to do their best, aren't they? So getting to the nitty gritty of it, how can we use personal development methods and tools on the whole to ease grief and loss? For me personally, um, it was a bit of a journey. It, it, I don't want to make out that I suddenly woke up a few days after my husband died, uh, ready to, you know, feeling like I could take on this whole personal development journey. It took months and months. I was incredibly angry for, I'd say, the first six months and just very confused um, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. I hated the world and everyone in it because I was just trying to figure out like how something in my mind so unfair could have happened. Um, so it certainly wasn't an overnight process, but I had been at that time reading some books by, I'm not sure, are you familiar with Kara Orwell? Mm -hmm. 
author yeah I've been reading some of her books and she talks quite heavily about journaling um and by that point I had I tried to access help um you know uh, like counseling and stuff like that and hadn't been able to for various reasons they just um was told you know you don't live in the right postcode for us to help you we kind of you know various reasons and I, I just kind of thought okay well the only person who's going to be able to help me come through the other side of this is me um so I've been reading these books that talked quite heavily about journaling and at that point it was never something I'd given any thought to I'd always heard of it and thought you know that's that's not for me all that kind of stuff and it just got to the point where I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. Um, and yeah, so I think that was probably where I started just, I guess, writing out exactly what was in my mind at the time. I didn't, it's funny, you don't think you'll have anything to write, but when you start, it's just, you really surprise yourself with how easily it all just flows. And it's, I guess, like a, a brain dump of, of getting everything out. Um, and that was where it started for me, really. So I couldn't recommend journaling enough to just, you know, be open to the idea and don't feel stupid about it. It's because no one's going to see it. I know that feeling. You're like, oh, I feel like an idiot writing this. No one's going to see it. It's just for you. And honestly, I was so shocked at how much it helped to just get all this mess out and how much it helped kind of, I guess, um, get some clarity in my mind of of what I needed to do moving forward for some context would you be comfortable in sharing what happened and how you processed it and maybe how long it took for you to start feeling normal again yeah um I don't know if you ever start to feel normal again <laughs> what's normal you kind of um build a new normal I think um I guess for me, it was really going through a process of the biggest realization that starting to journal helped me with was that I need, needed to find a way to let go of this, um, well, the anger and also the, the trying to find answers, um, because sometimes we just need to accept that there aren't any answers to why things happen the way they do. Um, and you know, trying to, well, constantly staying in that mindset, the only person you're going to help is yourself, really. Um, so it was definitely a process. I'm still going through, it's been three years now, and it's something, I mean, you, your self-development journey is never done. It's, it's something you work on constantly. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just really exploring that and taking some time to think about the person I wanted to be on the other side of this. Um, who I wanted to come through this as it was very important to me that I didn't want to identify as this victim that you know something happened to and that kind of life circumstance dictated the rest of my life um, I wanted to come through this as a person who could use this as a means to help other people so that was kind of what started to become clearer to me as I was journaling more and more like maybe my purpose in this is to be able to find a way to get myself through this so that I can help others um, so that's what I started to work on more and more and what has eventually led to um, me creating my website um, where I share kind of the ongoing journey and process that I'm going through to I guess put it out there to try and help anyone else. No and I know that you're helping so many different people cope with loss grief and trauma itself when it came to the moment Gemma just for our readers to understand when it came to your husband passing 
so sadly was it something that you knew was coming or was it an unexpected thing? yeah so we did um I mean I won't go into the entire story but to give a brief outline we um we were together he was 30 very healthy we were just kind of you know living our lives together and and he got some stomach pains while we were at the gym one day um which we did you know a few times a week that was our way to de-stress we both were really in love with fitness and it was just a thing we liked to do together and so we you know he went to the hospital had some scans and um initially thought it might be like you know appendix or something but then we got told the next day that he had cancer um, and it was basically too far gone to, to really do anything because he'd been so fit and healthy that it, it hadn't shown any symptoms because his body had been like fighting it off basically. Um, but by that point, it was too far gone to, to do anything. So he passed away a couple of months, a few months later. So we did have some warning, but still in the overall grand scheme of things, it was still incredibly fast. No, I can, I can't even imagine. And I don't even know if that's the right thing to say that I couldn't imagine that, but that was something so horrible and so traumatic. And again, I can't stress this enough. I feel really sorry that you, like so many others had to undergo that situation. It is, it's horrible and devastating. Are there any physical ways that we can ease grief and loss any personal development, physical tactics, for example, breathing exercises or meditation? Is there anything that you have explored there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, the benefits of exercise in grief just can't be like understated, um, overstated, I mean. And it, it took me quite a while to get back into it, actually, because that was something that me and my husband used to really enjoy doing together so for me that was a, just a reminder of him for like that that period of time and it took me about six months uh, to be able to go back to the gym but things like yoga um, I find incredibly helpful I actually um, about six months afterwards went on a yoga retreat for a week in Spain which was just incredible um, and that obviously focuses on the, the breathing and meditation and just things like I think people can sometimes feel quite overwhelmed because they think it needs to be so much more complicated than it does. But it could be something as simple as, you know, there's so many apps you can download on your phone where you do a meditation for five, ten minutes and build up. Um, and as well, it doesn't need to look like what you think it doesn't need to look like sitting in complete silence and deep breathing if you're not the kind of person who can do that um meditation is just really anything that takes your mind away from the constant worrying so it could be for you a long walk it could be reading a book it could be just doing some stretches um from a guided video on youtube if if you don't feel like you want to tackle a full-on yoga flow yet but honestly the movement and exercise is, is just so important um, and it's difficult when it's the last thing you feel like doing but honestly for me in in conjunction with the mindset stuff it's just been incredible. And you have mentioned a couple of times that after your husband passed away you did actually lose your job and also your house could you just talk a little bit about that situation and how you were feeling just so we know how to approach maybe others who were going through a similar situation 
yeah, it was just an absolute whirlwind, really. Um, so I lost my job four weeks. It was actually four weeks to the day. I remember thinking um, after my husband passed away. And then it was about maybe six, eight weeks after that when I had to move out of our home. Because um, obviously I had, you know, no job and no husband. Um, and I just yeah had to to find somewhere else and just effectively completely start over from scratch um and I just honestly can't even describe the feeling it was just I think yeah incredibly overwhelming confusing but I think in in terms of what we can say to help someone else I think the thing to remember is that there's nothing and I've written a blog post about this actually there's nothing we can say that will actually um ease it for anyone ease the pain there's nothing we can say that will make it better or less painful but realizing that actually takes the weight off because then you realize that you don't need to actually fix anything for that person you just need to be there um and yeah I've I've written a post about this about how people get so caught up in knowing what to say and for me I actually lost a few friends through this process because they like were so overwhelmed and not knowing what to say to me that they said nothing at all and just kind of disappeared instead um which just is so much worse because you know it's I would rather someone just comes and says look I don't know what to say but I'm here rather than just disappearing um but I think it's 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 so difficult for people to know so the the thing I think I would put across is to just know that you don't have to say anything just be there even if it's you just be there with them in silence or say like look I don't know what to say I'm just going to sit here with you um it just means the world yeah no I think that's so true to reiterate I mean I know I'm so guilty of this myself of I've never disappeared for a friend or anyone who has gone through something similar to, similar to this or any kind of loss or grief or trauma but I do get really caught up in not knowing what to say and being so worried about Absolutely. saying the wrong thing. I mean, even me now, I, I kind of thought that having gone through what I have, I, that would automatically like qualify me to know what to say to anyone going through something. So I know someone now who has just gone through the same thing. He's recently just lost his wife, who was only um, in her late 20s to cancer and it's just horrific and and I thought oh it's okay I'll know what to say to him a bit and you don't it you realize it doesn't work that way I mean obviously I have a better idea than a lot of people and and a better idea certainly of what not to say but it, yeah it doesn't work that way everything everyone is is so different I think you just even if you've been through it it's still difficult to know what to say to try and comfort someone so it's, it's such a human thing to, so I wouldn't yeah don't don't worry if you don't know what to say because no one does even when you've been through it and the whole healing journey and personal development journey of course it never ever ends but you do seem to have put your life together since that really traumatic event and it goes without saying you were so strong even I admire you so much Gemma for even being here now because I don't know how I would cope in that situation and if I could have as much strength and grace as you have had. So can you talk about the process of finding joy again in life? Because I have been asked many a times, what is my greatest fear? And I've been very open that it's about losing someone who is close to me. Mm-hmm. Losing someone close to me, of course, but then also the person that I know I 
or I feel I would become if that happened that again I would become very detached from the world from other family members from friends possibly from my partner and things like this so can you talk about what it was really like to get that joy back and start enjoying life again yeah yeah I mean it has been a process of rebuilding um and it's been incredibly difficult but I think for me I just kind of thought there was a point I reached when I thought okay that the only person who's going to get me through this is me and what kind of person do I want to be at the end of this and and what would you know my my husband want for me and neither me or him would want me being this you know incredibly bitter person who hates the world and um so for me I just kind of thought I need to find I can't pretend this hasn't happened I need to find a way to move forward and, and make it part of my purpose and I feel now um at this point that my purpose is to you I've been given this because I'm strong enough to deal with it and and that is my purpose to use that to help other people um which was the point of of starting my website um I just thought if there's anything I can do to make sure that no one else has to feel as lonely as I did um then you know that will be what has come of this and that will be my success um yeah as I said I'd I'd never say it was easy but I think one of the things that came to me as well through the process of really working through this and going deep with with the journaling and everything was um I guess I became aware that like a lot of people I was guilty previously of taking a lot of things for granted um and I don't mean that you know I didn't appreciate my husband or anything like that but it's just this human cycle of getting caught up in kind of chasing the next thing and the next thing and I realized I had been really guilty of that and not often stopping to just kind of enjoy and appreciate everything that I had and you know our life together and so for me that was a kind of driving force I thought well the best thing I can do for myself and as the best tribute to him is to promise myself never to do that again and to make this decision now to always choose happiness and to be appreciative of everything I have and always be conscious to stop and you know take stock of everything um, rather than just kind of uh, this culture we have of just go 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 and chasing the next thing. How long did it take until you found a house again or found a place for yourself and also to get a new job? Um, so I moved into an apartment after I'd left our home um, I stayed there for a year which I wouldn't class as a home because I didn't even unpack for about four months because in my mind it was I was still so fresh um, in grief and in shock I think this this thing in my mind was like if I unpack then that means I actually live here and if I actually live here that means my husband is actually dead and my life is you know like this is real and happening um so I kind of fought that for as long as possible uh I did unpack in the end and I stayed there for a year but it never ever felt like home um because it wasn't somewhere I'd chosen to go it was somewhere you know I had to go and this had been put on me and I was still trying to process it so it was a year after that when I moved I've moved somewhere now that that actually does feel it's the first place that's felt like home since you know my home with my husband and I'm I've had to really actively make that decision to make it feel like home and acknowledge that this is my situation now and I need to to move forward with that. 
um, job wise, I started a new job. I think it was about uh, eight months, about seven or eight months afterwards. Um, I probably could have started one sooner, but I decided to take that time off. Uh, I was in a lucky enough to be in a position to be able to do that, and. I think it would have been quite catastrophic had I not, because that was that that period of time where I really needed that to do my work to, first of all, feel incredibly angry, but then start to do my work. And, and I was in a, a much better place by the time I started a new job. I, I don't think it would have gone very well had I just gone straight into, you know, like a month later. Yeah, of course. And was there anyone at the time who helped you? And if so, in what ways did they help you? so my family don't live in the same country um so although they had the best intentions and tried to be there as much as they could that that was very different to you know having people physically around you um, my friends as well are great they had the best intentions um, and wanted to help but because we were all only in our late 20s at that time no one had experienced anything um similar so they, they didn't know what to do or say um, and I felt incredibly isolated, even though I did have people around me. But looking back, although it, you know, it felt horrendous at the time, I'm thankful for that now because I think had I had, you know, people to lean on much more, would I have really, you know, achieved what I had in terms of thinking, right, I need to get myself through this. I need to, you know... And, would it have got to the point where I would have thought okay well I have this idea to start a website because I don't ever want anyone to feel as alone as I did and I just feel like would it would it have worked out as it has now had I had more people around me so although it was a real struggle at the time I am quite thankful now that I did feel alone because it's it's given me I think more of a drive um don't get me wrong I did I did have a couple of friends who were really supportive but um yeah it was just no no one knew what to do or say it was quite far out of of anyone's comfort zone and I also wanted to ask it is portrayed a lot in the media with certain films and things like this you know a character will pass away we could take something as popular as the film P.S. I Love You when it comes to things like that do you feel like these films aren't portraying a certain aspect of it do you think they really are quite accurate they nail it on the head having gone through this are there any mistakes that the media or films in particular just aren't portraying that they that you wish that they did um to be honest I've not watched P.S. I Love You um I deliberately not watched it because I thought it would probably um make me cry um I no, I I don't know. Honestly, I don't tend to watch film. One one thing I have joked about with a friend recently that comes to mind is that I find in the media, um, men who have been widowed and women who have been widowed are portrayed completely differently, um, which I find is is quite funny. Um, but other than that, no, I don't I don't tend to watch stuff like that. To be honest, I try and keep to to really uplifting things. <laughs> Could you just expand on how you think men and women are portrayed differently? Yeah, definitely. Even things like um, like The Holiday, um, which we're all watching around Christmas. And I was watching um, Bad Moms too. I don't know if you've seen it, the Christmas one. Um, 
I think it's quite widely done where men who have been widowed are almost portrayed as these like this is possibly the wrong term to use but these like really eligible and it's been sex in the city as well I think I've done it where these men are like these really handsome widowers that are almost like these sex symbols that like everyone you know they're really eligible all these women want to to date them because it's seen as really oh you know I want to save him um he must be really in touch with his emotions and it's seen as this like really positive romanticized I think is the the, better term whereas women are portrayed completely differently when they've been widowed it's almost like um I don't want to say spinster, but you get what I mean. Like more, it's certainly completely different than how men are portrayed. I think it's something. I think it's something you you don't pick up on unless you've experienced it, and then once you've noticed it, you can't unnotice it. Mm. And for anyone who is going through grief or loss of some kind, what would you say specifically to them? Honestly, I get. I mean, it depends where you are in your journey, but just the overall message that I try and get across with and and why I've started the website is just for people to know that you're never beaten like it and that's that's something I say all the time it doesn't matter where you're at in life or how bad things are at the moment you're never I believe beaten unless you decide to be and you can come through it and it's amazing what we can achieve and come through whenever we decide that we're going to Mm. And is there a mantra or quote that you have held on to to get you through this period, Gemma? Yeah, um, I don't know if it's classed as a quote, but I listened to, um, you've possibly heard it, the J.K. Rowling's commencement speech that she did at Harvard, which I absolutely love, um, where she talks about failure um, and how she felt like she'd failed spectacularly by the time she was in her late 20s. And there's just this line um, where she says, and so rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I, I rebuilt my life. And when I heard the speech for the first time, that just stood out to me so much. And it's just kind of stuck in my mind ever since. Um, and I do really sit, like rewatch the video of that speech whenever I need a little pick me up. It just, I think, reframes you know this term rock bottom for me I think we can reframe that and turn it into something empowering because you know it it does mean what she says it means we have the power to build whatever we want to from then I mean there's nothing there's nowhere else to go from there except up so I find that quite motivating and are there any books podcasts or even resources on grief or loss that you would recommend to our audience yeah I'm obsessed with podcasts um, and books as well I don't tend to read books on um, or listen to podcasts on grief or loss because I prefer to listen to uplifting things and and things to really motivate me and I found um, when I've looked I mean I have in the past listened to those podcasts and read the books and I've just found I often leave them feeling worse than than when I started so I look for things that really uplift me and and make me feel like I can move forward and take on the world um podcasts I'm obsessed with at the moment and Cara Orwell's podcast Style Your Mind um and there's a podcast um Ashlina Kaposta does a great one as well um I think it's called Bliss Vibes. 
um, which is amazing. It's a lot of kind of spiritual self-development work as well. Um, Carrie Green, she means business. I'm sure you probably listen to that one because you're in the members club as well. Um, talks a lot about mindset and, and that kind of thing. Books wise, I love, have you read Girl, Wash Your Face? Mm-hmm. By love that one. And one of Carol Orwell's books as well. Um, what is it called? Like She Owns the Place about kind of getting that inner confidence and and feeling like you can take on the world it's one of my favorites amazing well thank you so much again Gemma for coming on to the podcast today I know just bringing up these previous emotions or memories must be challenging so thank you again and I know how appreciative our audience is of you coming on today Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I am your host, Scarlett V. Clark, award-winning founder and CEO of Smart Girl Tribe, the UK's number one female empowerment organisation, host of this top-rated podcast, the Smart Girl Tribe podcast, and author. You are my community, my family, so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.